Hello, welcome back to Game Week 3 of the FPL Masterclass. I'm your host, Hayley Rabani. I'm joined by Rob Blanchett, as always. This is a show where you get all your tips and transfers for the FPL uh, upcoming weeks so that you can beat uh, your peers and obviously will help you as along the way as much as possible. Rob is joining me. Rob, how are you feeling? We had a good week last week uh, in terms of your score. I am one point ahead of you, so I'm pretty happy about that at this stage. So we're battling away. I'm taking it much more seriously this year. I took last year off. And uh, yeah, look, you 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 smashed it, to be honest. Uh, you bench boosted as well, which I'm going to pick your brains about because I think it was I think it was a bit early to bench boost. I don't think you got the results that you would have wanted. But all in all, good game week for you over the 60-point average. And uh, yeah, moving forward. Yeah, just in case of kind of a recovery after the first game week where just things didn't happen. There, there isn't a science for some of that stuff. Like I know we always go through the science of the game and of the stats. That's kind of why we do it. But at the same time, in the early weeks, there is a lot of guesswork. You've got to try and piece it together. So, for instance, we advised everyone, didn't we, to buy Haaland last week over Harry Kane? What happened? Harry Kane, in the last minute, a little nodded header means that he gets more points than Haaland. Does that mean that he won't get he'll get more points than Haaland over the course of the season? Being completely honest, no, I don't believe that, which is why I made that change so early. But no, happy, happy with the after two game weeks of being above my kind of average that I always say. I always say, don't I, around the 60 point mark, 50 to 60 points. And now I'm above that after last week. And I use my bench boost, which I will explain in a minute. Got, uh, we've got Kieran here. So uh, great to see you, Kieran. And he's saying, uh, he's thinking going Rodrigo for Sancho. We're going to talk about Rodrigo actually because. Uh, Bamford, I believe, is injured and Rodrigo is down as a midfielder. He's also said he got 75 points in two weeks in a row. I'm I wouldn't in be having Sancho. I wouldn't be having Sancho anywhere near my team at the moment. <laughs> yeah, well, look, he's taking him out. But uh, yeah, look, he's 75 points in the last two weeks. I'm actually in the league with Kieran, so he's ahead of me uh, in one of our leagues. We've got Alan here saying, who wishes they triple captain Jesus last week or even captain Tim? I was going to and chickened out and went with Kane at the last minute. Uh, look, Jesus is someone we're going to talk about today and he is uh, absolutely on fire to be honest with you. But Rob, let's look at last week's performance. So you got 83 points. You did do a bench boost as well. Mm -hmm. Your game week ranking is 328,230th. And uh, the average is 57 points. The highest was 139. And then you're looking at the overall points as well. One, two, four. Uh, so, you know, you're in the top 2.7 million. And, uh, you know, it's early days, so it doesn't really matter where you are overall. But you did call it back. So you had, you, you had a, you didn't have a great, first opening week you know with 40 odd points yeah that's pretty normal though like as i said i think in these early weeks it's about building your team so you're getting somewhere where you'll have get consistent points so this is why i always say that the average per week is much better a way of formatting it than feeling good because you got 120 points or something like that because that's what always happens 120 points one week next week i'll get 35 points it's about the averages more than anything a bit they like you said they're carrying 75 points for two weeks that's really really good that's above that station you should be aiming for that every week without fail somewhere between that 60 60 point mark 75 is obviously elite but overall here yeah yeah i used a bench boost and the reason why i use my bench boost is i was reading some articles around it at the time doing my research and i have read it in previous years but you tend to find that in fpl your strongest benches will come in the first six weeks so it's because that you've spent your money you've done everything you've got everything perfect you've thought about it and you've got three or four starters on your bench so that's kind of the way i looked at it is that i didn't have a very good first week so i wanted just to claw some of that back as long as i got double digits of 10 points or more i'd have been all right we got 10 points. I was happy with that. 
But in weeks to come, people use their bench boosts in desperation around uh, double game weeks. And what we see with with the, with the trend is that double game weeks tend to fail for the bench boost. It just fails because players tend to play one game and then don't play the other because of rotation. So I played it, 10 points. I'm not going to overthink it. I'm happy with that. Absolutely. And let's move on to your team as well. So you did, as you mentioned, bench boost. And uh, on your bench, you had Ward, Alvarez, Bailey and Nico Williams. Nico Williams really did save you there, to be honest. I mean, Forrest had a really good performance. Uh, and then when you look at the team as well, you know, the standouts really were Cancelo, who got 11 points. Reese James got a goal as well. Martinelli with eight. Uh, and then Gabriel Jesus was fantastic. 19. And, and Jesse got an assist as well, to be honest with you. Uh, I did watch that game. It was a great game. Uh, I thought Forrest were, were actually really good. Uh, great to see them get their first win after 23 years out of the Premier League. And uh, Haaland doing Haaland things. You know, you, I think most people captained him. I captained him as well. I actually took Kane out. Mm-hmm. I had to, because I missed the price drop, obviously, and the, the price rise. I had to take Kane out. And then I had Rashford. I just thought, take Rashford out. Bring Neto in, who's mm-hmm. 1 million cheaper. So now I'm playing with around 0.8 million or 0.9 in the bank. I'm pretty happy with that. I took the minus four hit. But now when I want to make a few changes, which I do, I can do that. And now I've got a little bit in the bank. So I think I saved that that situation pretty well. Yeah, well, this is classic FPL, isn't it? So Jesus played really well in game week one, didn't he? And got two points. And remember we said in game week two, we went stick with Jesus because it will happen. You know, over time, you're thinking about Jesus as a long-term asset. Haaland, exactly the same. Haaland in that game got 10 points and touched the ball, completed the two passes in the whole game. That's all he did. And he got an assist. So he got 10 points. I like those returns. That's what I want from players. I don't want you to do loads in the game. I just want you to get me the points. But across the back line, it's easy, isn't it? Concello, James, you see the Liverpool players are not popping yet. And that's another thing. Obviously, they have not had a great start to the season. There'll be a lot of play, a lot of teams built around the principle of Liverpool winning matches. But you said they're like Jesse Lingard. He got an assist with a missed kick. And that's, again, how it starts, isn't it, with the Premier League. Martinelli, two game weeks now of eight points. Really, really strong for a, a lower, lower level player. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Arsenal this week. Absolutely. Let's move on now to the team of the week. So, Jesus was top performer, 19. I mean, to be honest, Rob, Jesus probably should have got a hat-trick or even four goals. He missed a couple of chances, but he was fantastic. Two goals, two assists. Uh, easily the top performer. The overall points was 143. And uh, we saw Saar get points there. Ben, me, Cancelo, Veltman. You've got Rodrigo as well. Got a double. Jensen got a few or scored and got an assist against Man United. I'm not going to talk about that. De Bruyne, Xhaka, Hoiberg, Jesus and Watkins. So when you look at this, not many of the star names are there, are they? No, there isn't. But there is one. And his name is Kevin De Bruyne. So what we saw in game week two, that even though Haaland didn't score is that Kevin De Bruyne is very much at the party. And the fact that he's at the party means that you need to think about Salah or Son. So I've got Son in my team. Obviously, we've did a whole big piece about why you may or may not have Salah in your side. But now that De Bruyne is there as a kind of elite premium, there's every chance that De Bruyne, being that player that links with Haaland through the season, he might have a stormer. So I, I watched that game and I thought to myself, De Bruyne was not a player that I was really considering, even though I know all of his talents. But if he really links well with uh, as a 10 behind Haaland's nine, oof, that really could work. It could work really well. But he said that team there again, there's some like anomalies, Xhaka, Heiberg, you know, Veltman. These are players that are not going to get you big point returns all the time. I think Rodrigo, as, uh, as um, was highlighted there in the comments, 
really good choice because he's playing through the middle and and he could be a kind of midfielder to watch this season. Certainly much more high lift than those players that may be above him at seven and eight millions. He could be a player that does really well for Leeds this season. 100%. If he's going to be playing striker, but he's down as a midfielder, I think it's a really interesting option. So guys, yeah. we're going to move on now to the goalkeepers. And these are the top goalkeepers currently in FPL. So you've got Henderson at, with 17 points. I was mulling over Henderson a lot, Rob, so I wasn't sure... Hmm. Um, I actually took Nick Pope out for Ward. So I've got Ward and Sanchez now uh, from Brighton. So mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about him. But look, he, he saved the penalty. He, he had a decent performance. You've got Saar there as well with 17. Saar was my pick last year as well, actually. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, but he isn't hitting the five, five million. I had Pope initially in my first draft. I took him out. He's got 16 points and Edison with 13. So not really many surprises, I don't think, sitting here. But maybe Henderson's the one, but he did get a penalty save. Yeah, small margins, big returns. So Henderson was my number one goalkeeper in my first, 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 first draft because I thought 4.5 million. We know what Henderson can do. We know what he did at Sheffield United. So no surprise there, saves a penalty. I'm just worried about Forrest's long-term aspects of keeping clean sheets and if they go on bad runs. So like they, they're the kind of team that could go on a run of six, seven, eight defeats in a row. I think Saar at 5 million makes much more sense. He got 15 points in that last game, which is phenomenal for a goalkeeper. Uh, that's why he's number two there. But 5 million, again, you've got to start thinking about this because if you're really going to put money into a goalkeeper, you could have an Edison at 5.5. You know, it's just that little bit more. But as you can see, second, Third week of the season now coming into it. No real goalkeepers have performed. Everyone's kind of samey, which is why we don't put a lot of focus on individual goalkeepers at this stage. I think as we go forward, there will be one or two names that pop forward. Now on to the defenders, Rob. So surprisingly, look, Fabian Scherer is sitting at the top of the table. Mm. 20 points. Cancelo, no surprises there. You've got Ben Mee with his goal against Man United. Reese James as well. Kieran Trippier is up there. Zinchenko. We were wondering, weren't we, where would Zinchenko play? Would you play midfield? Would you play at left back? He's almost playing, isn't he's playing inverted, isn't he? So he's pretty much playing in midfield. He's been really mm-hmm. impressive. Uh, but from an FPL standpoint, I was saying this to my roommate actually, because uh, you know he plays FPL as well. I said from an FPL standpoint, though, yes, um, obviously he has got some returns, but you know, no goals, assists, no clean sheets last week. So I don't know. I'm a little bit hesitant on him because I think he is quite expensive at five point two for the yeah, moment, if you yeah, know yeah. Yeah, totally. I think also what's interesting about this list here of the top uh, defenders is it's a mix of fullbacks and centre-backs. No so what do we So we always say, don't we, yes, at the start of every season, go go fullback heavy, try to avoid centre-backs. But the fact is that centre-backs are scoring points at the moment means that a lot of people's scores will be inflated in a kind of fake way because they'll they'll be thinking this feels good because these are these are centre backs and I chose Kudabali because he'll be all right at Chelsea and you might find that you don't get the numbers later on down the line if they don't keep the clean sheets Dan Burns I think is a good example of that there Ake's a good example of that I think as well when you said me obviously his position at the moment and Shah playing kind of a more central role but as you said you're waiting for the top fullbacks to knock on the door that's kind of where you are still so look at this list analyze it and soak it up but don't throw away the Robertsons and uh, and don't throw away the Alexander Arnolds of the world to just kind of get these players in there. You need fullbacks in your team. I think Zivchenko is a really interesting one at 5.2 and also Trippier at 5. I think they're two players that will take set pieces this year and they'll also just get those extra assists because of that. Just a, just a little tip as well, because I just saw the app has been updated or maybe mine just updated. But now you've got a list of set piece takers. They've listed them now on the app. 
for each team. Yep. So you'll know who's taking set pieces. So yeah, it's definitely worth looking. When I was going through them, the amount of fullbacks that were taking it was very, very interesting. Uh, yeah, so it, I just, often, it's, yeah, they take yeah. corners and everything. Don't corners they? now, yeah. It's the game's yeah. changed, and they're the ones actually with the best should have the best delivery, unless you're Man United's fullbacks and they don't. But uh, let's move on. We don't talk about Man United. On we the don't show. This is United an FPL show. show. We do not. Uh, but look, Rodrigo is sitting at the top, Rob, of midfielders. So mm-hmm. that is definitely a surprise. At six point one million, uh, with Pick, uh, not Pickford, Bamford out injured. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to play more centrally. So he's actually an option that's kind of emerged. You know, we always look for these options, don't we? He's not in the the, the really budget, you know, we're talking the five millions, but still 6.1 is very cheap. But we look for these options to emerge and he could be with that one. I, I still need to maybe see him a couple more weeks, but Leeds have had a good start to the season and he's sitting at the top. Kevin De Bruyne is, is second and uh, look, he, he scored a fantastic goal last week. For, for me, you either have De Bruyne or you have Salah. I've got Salah at the minute, but you know, the way that, De Bruyne and Haaland could connect, like we said at the beginning, is very, very interesting. Pascal Gross is still sitting there. Martinez is absolutely bargain. He's 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 you know he's bang on in terms of value. So I think if you don't have Martinez in your team, you're doing something wrong. Uh, and then look further down, you have Kulusevski, Xhaka, Silva scored in two consecutive consecutive games now. You've got Salah down there, then you've got Jorginho, and you've got Gundogan. So again, not a lot of uh, surprises, I don't think, because you can still see some of the top players there. But I'm looking at the value. I'm looking at Martinelli, who for me, and maybe Rodrigo, they're the ones that I'm looking at. Yeah, I would say the Rodrigo category price-wise is what you would call the Lingard category. So it's like, you know, are you going to go with a Jesse Lingard around that £6 million mark? Or will you find an alternative? So Rodrigo in the early weeks certainly is that kind of player. You just say now about no surprises and whatnot. Martinelli, I think, is an easy one anyway. But I think the sleeper there right at the bottom is Gundogan. Because again, all these City midfielders that start to link with their new number nine are going to get lots of points this year. So Gundogan kind of had a year off last year. He did get some points, but it was the Bernardo Silva time, wasn't it, at the start of this uh, season? Now, Bernardo Silva might be leaving Manchester City, but probably isn't. He'll start Is he Is he worth seven and a half million though, Rob? Is he worth seven and a half million? Well, if he starts feeding off um, Haaland in the way that he did in that last game, yes. Seven and a half million, he will get you on average the points that you need. Certainly, probably maybe better averages than someone like Martinelli, who is one and a half million less. But Martinelli might be hot and cold because he's, because he's younger. That's just the way it goes. The other player you could consider there is the person that you tip, Kulaveski. So Kulaveski's had now two really good weeks to start off with at 8.1. But am I going Kulaveski 8.1 or Gundogan 7.5 behind Haaland, who will play every game? It You've depends how deep Gundogan's going to play, but it looks like he's playing further forward this season. The, the, none of them play deep. The, the, you, Rodrigo and everyone plays as attackers. So this is the problem. So as soon as you're in that Man City team, pretty much no one sits. Do you know what I mean? They're not really number sixes. It's only really um, when you look at that pivot at the back, he doesn't play it. So if Gundogan's not in the pivot, he will be in the opposition box. Just the way it will go. And the fact that he's getting picked ahead of Silver at the moment, that's the bit you have to weigh up. Because in two weeks' time, when the window closes, it might be Silver starting again. and probably Or, or be. he'll be gone because he has been linked or to Barcelona. he'll be gone, which means Gundogan will definitely start. So that's the balance here. And you have to look at that because I do think that that's a big consideration for Man City in the early weeks. Yeah, I'm having a bit of an issue with City midfielders. Like we know it's Pep Roulette. I've got Mares. He hasn't. He started last game, but he hasn't contributed anything yet. But I just know with Riyad Mares that he's almost like a long-term investment because he will score goals. He'll contribute. Yeah. So like, it's not. It's not an issue. But with eight million, 
he, and if he's going to be going in and out of the team for the first 10 games, I'm going to have to consider my options there. Uh, yeah. Maybe bring him in when he starts hitting his purple patch. But um, let's look at strikers as well quickly, Robson. And we have spoken about Jesus already. We've spoken about Haaland. Tony's sitting up there as well. He got an assist uh, mm -hmm. against Man United. So he's looking like decent value for money. You've got Watkins, Mitrovic, Kane, Welbeck. Um, I can't really say his name. Is it Awaniwi, who plays for Forest? He scored his first goal. Um, and he looks like, you know, 5.9, maybe some decent value. I thought Forest are really impressive. They were creative. They were, you know, they look good from home. So if you're looking for a budget option, maybe. You've got Mbuma as well at 6 million. I think he's probably a better option, in my opinion. Then you've got Wilson, Ings, and uh, Miss Out Moore as well from Bournemouth. So, no surprises to see really the two, I think, probably the most popular strikers in FPL right now are Jesus and Haaland sitting at the top. Yeah, I think long term, unless one of them gets injured, I don't really know how you could not have Jesus or Haaland in your team. Now, looking both at the stats and the potential. So everyone knows that I kind of traded Harry Kane out there. As I said last week, if you've got Kane in your team rather than Haaland, I don't think it's going to do too much damage. But I do think over the length of the season that Haaland will have periods where he just outscores Kane and outscores him impressively. And then you just got to pick your third striker, haven't you? So at the moment, mine is still uh, Julian Alvarez, and I'll show you that at the end of the show. Um, and I've stuck with him, even though his price has dropped. Why? Because I still think he will get minutes and he will score goals. When you look down the list here on this first these first weeks, I really like Wilson and still do at 7.5, but it is a significant extra bit of cash. So you have to balance these out that if you're going to have someone on your bench, they might be better than the person you've got on your bench today. But that's not really what the game is about because it's highly unlikely they're going to play and get you points unless you use your bench boost. So I think looking at this list, it's kind of people you would expect. I think Ings is interesting at seven, someone that I always used to have in. Got more there at Bournemouth for an early one at 5.5. Could be a bench and stash. But in general, I think those top two strikers, they're the ones you're going to go for probably this season and beyond. Absolutely. And now let's look at the fixtures. So we've got on the screen, we've got on the left-hand side, we've got all the teams uh, with their next uh, uh, four fixtures. And then on the right-hand side, we've got the teams with the best fixtures. So, Rob, we'll actually three, look at the... Yeah. the yeah, we'll look at the uh, graphic on the right because I think that this one is is a bit easier for, for the listeners to digest. And we'll, we'll talk about... So Everton have actually got... You know, sort of on paper, they've got the one some of the best fixtures. You've got Arsenal there as well. I wouldn't trust Everton with anything at the minute. I think they look very, very poor. Oh. Brentford as well have a nice run. Uh, you've got Leicester in there, Chelsea, Palace, Fulham, Tottenham, Forest, West Ham, and Villa. To be honest, I want to focus on Arsenal because you're looking at Bournemouth, Fulham, Villa, United, Everton. Arsenal could win, could win all of them. And I think if you're going to buy into Arsenal, now's the time. Yeah, Arsenal got a nice set of fixtures. I, I totally agree with you with Everton. And that's why I didn't put any Everton in today's show because they're just that bad, aren't they? So they're playing Forest next at home. They might lose that just the way it goes, isn't it? Uh, but Arsenal, Bournemouth, Fulham, Villa, United and Everton. It's a nice run. Chelsea have also got a decent run below and so have Tottenham. And I think you need to focus on the bigger clubs that have those expectations to win. You, you might have a Fulham one week that look really good and... Fulham just might not have the firepower to get the job done. So I think when we look at it, Arsenal are the standout team this week. The, the graph on the right there is it shows you uh, from Fancy Football Scout, it's game week three. So it's that's the, the specific week we're looking at. We're not looking at future weeks. So this week, you know, Arsenal with Bournemouth, we've just talked about Jesus. 
you know, is this the week for Jesus to be your captain at Bournemouth? Because it feels like Arsenal are on that tipping point of being very, very good this year. But there is opportunities there. And so when you look down the list and you look for this week, um, I said Chelsea against Leeds looks pretty healthy, doesn't it? Tottenham have kind of started well. Harry Kane now got his first goal. Wolves are a bit of a of a of a mean team. They don't give away goals openly, but Tottenham have got everyone primed at the moment. Richarlison is back as well. So there's all these things that you can look at in this game week three that are really interesting. A little bit hit or miss because it's very difficult in these early stages of who's going to get picked. But I think Arsenal are the team to really focus on. Rob. Kieran asking, time to triple captain Salah because Liverpool are going to Old Trafford. I mean, there might not even be a game on, on Monday night, to be honest. But we'll, we'll talk about it later on when we Could talk do. about your team. Um, so let's talk about Fabian Cher because you've picked him out as the, the form defender. And you're looking at his form now. He's getting 10 points per game. He's got 20 points overall, only 4.6 and only owned by 6.9%. If you look at the influence as well, he's first out of all the defenders. Uh, and he then he's also 40 two in the ICT rankings out of 589 players. So, you know, traditionally we say, we've been saying go for the fullbacks, go for the fullbacks. But Fabian Cher is showing that he can influence, in the, you know, obviously he scored the goal in the first week, but he's also a good defensive option. And Newcastle are pretty good defensively, which is surprising because I have been saying for years, Eddie Howe's teams aren't great defensively. Yeah, Shah is officially the FPL number one value form player in all categories. So that's why I wanted to include him is today. So I think at 4.6 million, he's worth everyone's consideration, especially if you're looking for a fifth defender uh, around that 4.5 million mark. I know this year, Nico Williams has eaten that spot up with as a 4 million pound starter at Forest, who also takes all the free kicks and all the corners and all the set pieces. So, you know, he's, he's an obvious choice for your fifth defender. But I think Shah in the early weeks, he is a guy, I think this year, if, if you will see an uptick in Newcastle's performances. Here you think, I think the reason is he's got two clean sheets in the opening two games. So that's a good start to life in the Premier League. And I think, again, you can't really go wrong with him. 6.9% ownership shows that he's a differential. So if you buy him and others don't, you're going to get his points in those early weeks. But I do think Newcastle will be much more defensively sound this year because they're building a football team and, and they should just be better than the Newcastle we knew from a year or two ago who were always expected to be towards the relegation zone. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on to Sergio Gomez now. So this is a new defensive left-back signing for Manchester City. He's come in and he's going to be 4.5 million. Now, we were chatting off air because... Uh, you know, obviously, Sinchenko's gone now and Sinchenko's playing very inverted. And we're seeing Cancelo on the left-hand side. Now, I don't think that Cancelo will get dropped if there is going to be players that, that are arrested. I think it's going to be Kyle Walker, which means that he'll shift to the right and Gomez will come in. Last season, Gomez for Anderlecht, I believe, got was it 11 goals and 15 assists. Don't quote me on that, but he got double digits for both. So he's going to be someone that's you know, on paper, going to be very, very effective in the final third. Got good end product at four and a half million as well to buy into a city defender who's that cheap could be could be fantastic. So he's definitely one just to keep an eye on. We don't know when he's going to start, but if you're looking to move out Cancelo or bring in Walker, maybe just put the brakes on that for the minute. Yeah, I wouldn't do that change. That would be radical. I think Pep has already said that he's buying Sergio Gomez to use him. So he will definitely get minutes at some point. I think it's more to give you a rotational option there. But there's every chance that Concello will 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 swap to the right. We saw last year that Walker spent quite a lot of time on the bench. 
But during pre-season, the start of the season, he's playing as an inverted right back, coming into the centre of the pitch, almost looking like a central midfielder half the time. Uh, we know that Concello goes roaming. But it's one of those things, if you're using all three of your City players, then you, you probably won't include Gomez as like one of your three prime players if that's what you're doing to fix your team as a week-to-week basis. But if you've got a spare spot for Man City, and that's what I had with Alvarez. So I went with Alvarez in those early weeks. But you might go with someone like Sergio Gomez now, 4.5 million, cheapest chips. You might go, yeah, I put him on my bench and see where we go from there and watch and watch and learn and see when you actually watch him over the few, next few weeks if he is as good as people say. But I just think, again, bottom feeder, 4.5 million, easy pick, low risk, could be a load of ton of upside if you say Walker ends up dropping out or even Concello gets an injury or or just gets rested from game to game now. What we saw last year, of course, is that Concello never got rested. Even when they had opportunity to do that, he still played pretty much every match. See, I, I have Dallo and uh, I'm going to take him out this week. I'm not going to I'm not touching anymore in the United players, obviously. But, no. you know, go, go, no, now thanks. you've said that. Yeah, now you've said that 4.5 Gomez, he can sit on my bench. You know, that, that's that's actually a viable option. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking about Sessegnon and the other one, Saliba as well. I know that usually I like to go for fullbacks as well, but Saliba will play week in, week out and he's, he's well valued. So, yeah, he's definitely a good option, I think. So let's move on now because this show, we're going to talk about Arsenal. And really, we, we've centered this around Jesus mainly Rob, haven't we? But Arsenal actually is going to be our main topic this week because of the fact that they have such a great run of fixtures. And we've got Arsenal's predicted lineup for the game against Bournemouth. And they've got Ramsdale, White, Saliba, Gabriel, Zinchenko, Odegaard, Party, Xhaka, and it's Saka, Jesus, and Gabriel Martinelli. So having a look at this side, uh, I'm going to move it on as well to the defenders that you could possibly pick. They've all... They're all in good form, aren't they? Pretty much, you've got Zinchenko, you've got Gabriel and Saliba. So, and, and they're all pretty reasonably priced. You're looking at Saliba four point five, White four point five as well. Uh, Gabriel is five. So, Arsenal, you should really be buying into a defender, shouldn't you? Yeah. Look, what you've got here is obviously their prices, but on the right hand side, this is their points per average per game so far. So, Zinchenko is getting six point five points per game. That's the average. Gabriel four points. So what you want is obviously your defenders getting more than two points every week at least, isn't it? Because two is just the base minimum for turning up. So you're looking here that the Arsenal defence are all performing above that station of two. But Zivchenko at 6.5, that's obviously a great start to life uh, at Arsenal. And we not knock it along because we can talk about the midfield and the attack in the same breath. In Saliba as well at 3.5 for a young player coming into the team. White now playing at fullback for 3 million. We got the next slide, Haydar. There we go. Some midfielders. So Martinelli, obviously eight points per game so far. Xhaka, surprisingly, seven points per game. Saka, four points per game. These are all star performers that are doing it in the very early weeks. Doesn't mean they're going to continue getting those points averages, but it's showing how potent Arsenal are in multiple positions. And that's really what you're looking at. You know, in years gone by, Arsenal's defence would be weak, maybe stronger midfield, and they'd have nothing up top like unless Aubameyang was scoring tons of goals, but he's gone now. So I think when you look at the balance here and we go to the next slide, we look at the attack. Obviously, there's only one guy there at the moment is Jesus. He's averaging 10.5 points per game. Now, we know that he got that all in last week's game week, but I think that's where he's going to be. I think he could be a double-digit hauler almost every week. So if you've got one player that does that, protects your score and your average all the time. So this is why Arsenal are so attractive, I think, to the wider FPL market. Because if you're getting players, maybe even two Arsenal players, 
who are getting double-digit hauls every week comfortably or getting close to them, you're going to hit your overall averages with Arsenal helping you a ton. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. And I think for me now, I've got Martinelli, I've got Jesus. I'm going to be looking at the defence and seeing what I could do and seeing who I can bring Saliba's in. a so good look, choice, like you said. Yeah, Saliba's a good yeah, choice. 100%. 100%. I think, look, at 4.5 as well, he's... Uh, you know, he's well within my budget to still have about 0.8 million to play with should I need to make two transfers, let's say, in the coming weeks. So, Rob, now let's have a look at your squad. So, you've got Sanchez and Ward as your goalkeepers. You've got Dinia, James, Robertson, Nico Williams and Cancelo. Then you've got Martinelli, Bailey, Son, Neto and Lingard in midfield. And then attack of Jesus, Haaland and Alvarez. Alvarez has lost a little bit of value there. Mm -hmm. um, but you haven't made any changes, have you, to the squad? No. Now, the reason why I haven't made any changes is because I brought Haaland in last week. And for me, I normally don't like to make changes in the first two game weeks. So in game week three, I have a double transfer. Of course, I don't have that to use now because I did it. I used one on Haaland last week. You know my motto, never burn points. There are players I'd like to see in my team in the weeks ahead. I'm not going to burn points at the moment. There's no need to keep those points. But you can see there, for me, there is a, there's, a, there's a balance here of misperformers. Bailey being one of them is a misperformer. Neto's not done it yet, but we'll wait and see. Lingard did get that assist, but you know, there's a bit of luck there. And Alvarez hasn't really played the minutes. Everyone else has kind of performed to a certain level. Ward at four million's not quite done it yet, but if he stays in goal for Leicester, he's going to get some clean sheets around uh, somewhere around the way for four million. It's good value. He was so bad, Rob. I was watching him. Uh, it, yeah, mistake. yeah. He's got he's got big shoes to fill with Schmeichel. So it's a case of they have faith in him at Leicester, whether they're going to stick with him. We're only going to know that in the next 14 days because obviously there's a transfer window still open. But I think overall, my big decision here, and if we flip it to the next one where, where I show you my team, when I've got the kind of instruction of my, my starting 11 and my bench, I'm not too worried about my bench as it is, but I'm thinking I've got £2 million in my bank. Do I stick with Sun? Or do I go with Salah? Now, we said there, I think Kieran said, possibly, you know, uh, time to triple captain. Might well be if you believe that he's going to do well at Old Trafford and he tends to. But I think the big question for me next week with a double transfer is, do I go Salah? Do I stick with Son? Or do I go De Bruyne? And this week is going to tell me that answer. So that's why you've got to have patience because it's a long-term thing. I could also use that two million to upgrade Neto, I might well do because I'm not that happy with him. I could even move some bits around. Or Bailey, Rob, as well, because Bailey... Could, but he's on my up. bench, so I don't care. So he's on my bench, so I don't care. So if he plays at 4.9 million, he's still on my bench. I'm not going to mess with that. I can sit him there, and at 4.9, I'm not going to get too stressed about it. But Digne at 5 million, who's got, got no goal, I know, I laughed, minus I laughed 0.1 last you. week. It's <laughs> one of those things. I'm not overly impressed with Digne, so with that 2 million... If I edge Neto out for, say, 5 million and, and bring back 0.5, then I could buy Trent. So there we go. So that, this is where I'm looking at because Trent can give you incredible numbers that one of those midfield premiums could at 13 and 14 million in terms of value per week. So that's where I'm looking at it. And I think that's where people need to be. Don't overly tinker. Don't go crazy at this stage. Let players have the chance to either perform or fail. As I said, my bench people... Williams, not too interested in what he does at, at Forest because I don't think he'll get in my team much. Bailey's not going to get in my team much. And Alvarez is on the cusp. This week, if I watch Pep's um, uh, presser tomorrow 
and he goes, it's going to start Alvarez tomorrow. You might say that. And Neto's going straight to my bench and Alvarez is starting. So that is why I've kept him and I've not moved things around too much. Ward's going to start today simply because he's uh, against Southampton and Sanchez is away at West Ham, though he did very well away at Manchester United at the start of the season. So you've got good options there, all good players, but I'm not getting too hot or heated at the moment. I want to see what they do. And that is a wrap, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button and share this with all your friends. This is where you'll get all the tips. We go into in depth and Rob does always share his team as well, which is quite interesting to see who he's picking this week. Uh, make sure you give us a follow on at Man United MC. Give myself a follow on at Hader underscore Rabani and give Rob a follow on at underscore Rob underscore B. Good luck this week and we'll see you all next time. <laughs>